Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. We're talking with uh, retired Major Randy Allen, who has written a book called Season 5, and the, the book is about the survivors, the eight survivors who survived, eight out of 32 men, who did a mission into North Vietnam behind enemy lines to rescue POWs. How close did you come on that long seven weeks? How close physically did you come to discovery? We came extremely close on at least a couple of occasions. Uh, One occasion, we had killed a tiger that had come into our camp. And there was a village not far away from where we were. And when we killed that tiger, we strapped him onto a, a stick and take, took him to close to the village where we knew he would be found on the, on the trail leading into the village and, and left him for the, for the villagers because they could kill him and, I mean, not kill him, but they could dress him and, and use him for food. And uh, after we did it, we realized that it probably wasn't the best thing to do because uh, people were going to start wondering where did it come from. So we didn't didn't make that mistake again, but uh, we did notice a high level of traffic for, for a while coming from that village out into the area uh, where we were. Uh, but, but we did avoid detection, but it was close for, for a while. Another time, uh, there was a, a heavy storm that moved through, and we took refuge in a barn, uh, or what passed for a barn over there. And there was a young child who came out to the barn the third day of the storm, to check on the water buffalo that was in there. And uh, we, we retreated into the upper reaches of, of that little uh, shack that posed as a barn. And uh, if the child ever saw us or saw any evidence of us having been there, he kept it a, a very quiet secret. But we were really, we, we were really at, afraid that, that he was going to see us, and if he did, that uh, the consequences would not be good for us or him. So in this situation you were in, obviously some men emerged 
as having leadership roles. How did, did that happen naturally? Yes, it, it very much happened naturally. But even in our training as we led up to this point, leadership was being exhibited by, by I think it was being exhibited by all the men in the class, but it was more so in probably two of us than, than in the others. And, uh, you know, I, I hear people talk about, I was in the military and I learned to be a leader in the military. Well, you don't learn to be a leader in the military. You learn to be a supervisor in the military. Leadership is, is something that, that people have or they don't have. And it can be honed and it can be uh, brought to, to a higher level of existence within a person. But if you're not a leader, you're not going to become a leader. Uh, I don't think. Um, that's, that's my personal opinion. I believe I could take you out to a child development center today and, and you and I could sit there and watch those children play and we could pretty, out, pretty much pick out who the leaders of the class of 2029 are going to be from, from watching that class today. So, I, you know, I think leadership is, is something that is developed but, but if it's not there, it can't be in, brought into someone. Does that make sense, Dr. Dan? Well, it sure does, uh, Randy Allen. Uh, so let's ask what, about leadership. Uh, what kind of qualities do you look for in a military leader? What, what makes someone a good a leader in the military instead well, of a supervisor? There you go. I think for one thing, you've got to have, a person who has enough self-confidence in themselves that they can invite other opinions than their own to be brought out and to be considered as, as options of, of action, uh, not just deciding unilaterally, this is what I'm going to do, and you are going to carry out my mission. Uh, I think a, a really good, effective leader Given, given as much time as can be given to developing a plan of action, gives his subordinates a, a considerable amount of that time to, to help him develop that plan of action. And then he hones that plan of action down to a workable amount and, and puts it into a format that the, the people who are under him can understand and, and understand their role in carrying out that plan that they've all worked together to come up with. So when you, once you have, it, was, it would be interesting to me in your particular situation, you had a structure, a leadership structure in place when you went in. When you jumped out of the airplane, there was a leadership structure in place. Yes, sir. When you landed on the ground, that leadership structure was in place. Yes, sir. After the ambush, that leadership structure had gone. It had vanished. What process emerged? How did things work after that to to allow one or two of the eight survivors to become a leader? First of all, I think the selection process that had been gone through in recruiting these men to be LRRPs or LRPs in 
in previous days had identified leadership characteristics in each of them. And, and we all naturally turned towards the guy who was the most senior among us. And, and we, we empowered him to be the leader at that point in time. There were actually three guys who were equal in rank. And one guy who was more senior as far as having been that rank longer than anybody else acquiesced to the other guy because the other guy had more combat experience. So you kind of look for experience, not just book learning, so to speak. Exactly. What does a military leader have to do to earn the respect of his men? Well, he, he has to convince his men that he has their best interest at heart, but he also has the mission. And the mission comes first, but his people always matter to him. And, and however he goes about proving that to the men who serve under him, in large part, determines the effectiveness of his leadership of that group of men. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum will return right after a quick break. We're talking with uh, retired Major Randy Allen, who has written a book called Season 5. And the, the book is about the survivors, the eight survivors who survived, eight out of 32 men, who did a mission into North Vietnam behind enemy lines to rescue POWs. So as we're talking about the Vietnam War, I mean, this was a very, a very difficult era for our country. Uh, it was a, a very divisive era for our country, nothing even close to, to what we are having today, obviously. But that was kind of the beginning of a great divide in our nation. Uh, what, as a soldier of that era who actually participated overseas in Vietnam itself, what were you feeling at that time? That What were your thoughts at that time about the division in our country? Well, I don't think I really appreciated how divided our country was until I returned home. And when I got back to the United States and I was out in Fort Lewis, Washington, and they told me, don't wear that uniform off post. When you go, before you leave post, you go down to the PX and buy you some civilian clothes to travel home in. It's when it really dawned on me how serious the device the divide had become in our country. And then to be walking through the streets in Denver, Colorado with my buddy uh, and to be have a fellow come up to us and say, you boys just in from Vietnam, are you? And, and yeah. And, well, and he used the word baby killers. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, we, we really went out of our way to avoid killing civilians uh, during our, our mission, and, and we couldn't talk about it, but uh, for him to, to automatically assume that, that we would do those kinds of things because we're in the United States military just, just absolutely shocked me. Well, at that period of time, I mean, this was very much a media-driven anti-military crusade. Uh, and it, it definitely was. 
and I think that, uh, again, we're seeing the same kind of thing, but obviously much worse. Uh, a media that is driven by an agenda, uh, a, a socialist agenda, that really is trying to destroy every aspect of Americanism, every aspect of, of conservatism, of constitutional government uh, for its own means. Uh, but that's a, a long a long discussion uh, for for another day in time, uh, Major Randy. Uh, Dr. Dan, you know, I, I love my country, and people frequently come up to me at shows when I'm selling my book, and and they'll they'll walk up and I want to thank you for your service to our country, and I, I'm often at, at a loss for words as to how to respond to that, and I guess one of the most effective answers that I've ever been able to come up with is that you know I wore that uniform for 39 years, and for 39 years I was always proud to put it on, and I wonder about some of these people who are doing things to present our country in a certain light, if at the end of the day they're going to be as proud of, of what they wore in performing that job as I was proud of, of the uniform I wore in doing my job. Well, that's very well said, uh, Randy Allen, and I appreciate that. I served in the military during that era as well. Um, and I know you did, and I appreciate your service. And if nobody told you that today, let me be the first to tell you. Well, and that's likewise, and I think it was it was really a uh, an anti-American criminal act to treat the returning soldiers from Vietnam as as if they had been war criminals and and committed war crimes. Uh, in any war, there are soldiers who are going to do things that are that are not morally correct. I mean, that's just part of war. Not all of us have been brought up to to understand morality. Some of us forget morality under the harshness of war uh, and under the harshness of the experiences that you run into on the battlefield. But most of the American soldiers were not brought up that way. Most of the American soldiers in Vietnam did not behave in any kind of a reprehensible way. Uh, and certainly compared to what the NVA did, the North Vietnamese Army people did, the way they treated our POWs was far, far worse than, than we could ever have imagined, and certainly in no way what we treated them with, any of them. So that really is kind of a, a, an era of American history that is, is very troubling to me because um, – whether or not you believe the war was correct, and there's certainly a lot of difference of opinion about whether the Vietnam War was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, and we could argue that for for days and days. The bottom line is when your country engages in a course of action, uh, you have to support the military. Uh, you have to appreciate the sacrifices that they make. Uh, because whatever their sacrifices are, it's to keep us free uh, here at home. Thank you. Um, Randy Allen, uh, let me ask you just one one question, one final question here. The title of your book is Season 5, and it is, of course, the story of this long-range 
uh, patrol. You dropped in by uh, a halo jump at night, a very treacherous thing to do at any time, day or night, and certainly more treacherous at night. And you were actually uh, the victim of an ambush uh, and lost most of the men and survived a seven-week a seven-week trek uh, back to South Vietnam and safety. And you name your book Season 5. What is the origin of that name? Well, there are actually two things at play here. Season 5, first of all, refers to the fifth Super Bowl, which is the only one I never got to see. I've watched the other 50. So it's a tip of my hat to the NFL. And... And in writing the book, I wrote the book like an NFL season. I start off with week one instead of chapter one. And I give you the Colts and Cowboys scores. That's all there is about football. Then I tell you what our team was doing that week. So that's that's the first meaning of it. The second meaning of it is in the Bible, uh, it talks about the season when kings went to war and you know, it wasn't necessarily summer or fall or spring or anything like that. It was the time of the year when traditionally nations went to war with each other. And so, uh, to me, that's a fifth season. <laughs> so I, I had two, two meanings in mind there and, uh, probably more so the, the NFL related one because I've, I have officiated high school football for 45 years since I got home from over here. And I feel like that's one way that I can return some things to my community that uh, helping those young men out with uh, developing in, in their lives. Well, we've been talking with retired Major Randy Allen, who's written really a fascinating book called Season 5. And to recap, it's about a long-range uh, patrol mission to rescue um, POWs, American POWs, who were being transferred inside North Vietnam during the Vietnam War uh, in the end of 1970 and the beginning of 1971. It ended up in an ambush in which most of those men were killed and the surviving eight. It is the story of their trek down the Ho Chi Minh Trail to safety in, in South Vietnam. South Vietnam. Uh, this is an era that is, is very important era in American history, and uh, we've been talking with a gentleman, Randy Allen, who I know appreciates the service of the men and women in our military, not only in the past, but today. So, Major Randy Allen, thank you so very, very much for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you, Dr. Dan, and it's certainly been my privilege, and, and I wish you continued success in what you're trying to do with, with your program here. And I urge my listeners, you can get uh, Randy Allen's book, Season 5, on Amazon. You can download it to your Kindle and uh I urge you to do it. This is a part of American history that we need to relive and revisit, like many eras of American history. They occurred, but they should never, ever, ever be forgotten. Thank you very much. 
Dr. Dan, may I add one quick thing here? Of course. I donate the royalties from my book to the DAV. Well, thank you very much. That is that is very, very generous of you, and, and I'm sure that we all appreciate it. Uh, we need to be sure that our veterans uh, receive the absolute best treatment uh, possible on Earth. We owe so much to them. They're the ones who protect us uh, while we're safe in our homes. They're doing the dangerous work either here or overseas so that we can raise our families uh, in peace uh, here in our country. So thank you very much. This is Dr. Dan. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything going to be all right this morning.